welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our store, store.greatdetectives.net, where you can get all my books, audiobooks, ebooks, or including my uh, superhero comedy series featuring the adventures of Powerhouse, the latest release of which is Speed Trap. Uh, but now we are going to get into today's uh, episode, which is The Private Files of Rex Saunders. This was one of many uh, programs that NBC made in the early to mid-1950s. There were so many mystery programs they tried for a, a limited period of time, actually. We played several of them. Nero Wolf, Crime and Peter Chambers, Easy Money. And we're actually going to play... Um, not only this one, but two more of these uh, series, which lasted for a short time, but thankfully are all or almost all in circulation. The Private Files of Rex Saunders starred Rex Harrison. Harrison was already a well-known and well-liked actor on both sides of the Atlantic. His greatest films were those from the mid-1960s. Cleopatra, My Fair Lady... The Agony and the Ecstasy, and of course a childhood favorite of mine, Dr. Doolittle. Also involved in this series is Hyman Brown, a great figure in the golden age of radio who would uh, continue to exert his influence with the 1970s and 80s uh, radio revival uh, series, CBS Mystery Theater. Now it's time for the first episode of the series. The original air date, May the 2nd, 1951, and the title is The Lady with Hate in Her Heart. Thousands of dealers present Rex Harrison, starring in another intriguing adventure transcribed from the private files of Rex Saunders. Concerning murder... I have learnt that you can readily protect yourself against the lady with danger in her eyes. The one who baffles you, however, is the lady with hate in her heart. And now, the private files of Rex Saunders. RCA Victor, world leader in radio... First in recorded music and first in television brings you the first in a new series of exciting detective adventures with Rex Harrison, brilliant international star of stage and screen. That's the way it began. A crack of lightning, a roll of thunder... And the heavens opened and the rain fell in torrents. I scurried to cover under a storefront canopy and waited for the break in the weather. The store was one of those curious little bookshops that you find in the narrow streets of Lower Manhattan. I was looking over the titles of the books in the cluttered window when from behind me I heard her voice. I beg your pardon. 
I turned to see what the storm had cast my way, and right then and there I was struck with the ridiculousness of the old adage relating to what an ill wind blows. She was blonde, blue-eyed, young, and more than adequately proportioned. Please, I wonder if you'd do me a favor. Well, that all depends. Uh, what is it you... Put your arms around me. Put my arms around... What? Please, hold me quickly. But, um... He's coming now. Who? What are you... Please don't ask questions. Just do as I tell you. Can't you do that for me? Well, if I must, I'll force myself. How's that? He mustn't see my face. Kiss me. Hurry. Oh, these things shouldn't be rushed. However, under the circumstances, I... You can let go now. He went by. Thanks very much. Well, uh, for identification's sake, just in case we should run into each other again, I go under the name of Saunders. Rex Saunders. I uh, didn't get your name. I didn't get... Uh, well, uh, what about the man who was following you? Who was he? I don't know. I don't believe you. Well, where do we go from here? In that bookstore. Both of us? Mm-hmm. There's a book I want you to pick out for me. You haven't been very open with me. What makes you think that I'll continue to be helpful? You will. I have a gun. Well. And you can see. It's aimed right at your heart. Now, you have everything straight? Yes. The book is called The Lonely Trail... It's on the shelf at the back of the store. That's right. Here comes the proprietor. Good evening. I'd say that's rather debatable. But it's comfortable in here, sir. Hmm, it's a little close. You're looking for something in particular? Uh, no, we're just browsing around. I see. Well, go right ahead. If I can be of any help, just call. If the opportunity presents itself, I most certainly will. I told you not to try any funny business. You can't kill me for trying. Or, uh, can you? That depends on you. You go back there and get that book. I'll be standing right here by the window. And remember, you won't be out of my sight for a second. I walked to the back of the shop. As I went, I looked back over my shoulder. She was standing there, her eyes fixed on me, her hand in her coat pocket. The lonely trail. There it was in the circulation section. It was crammed tight between two other volumes. I pulled it down off the shelf. It seemed to be an ordinary book. I flushed the pages quickly. Nothing dropped out. What was all this about? And then I felt someone standing next to me. Good book. Hmm? I said, is it a good book? I don't know. It was recommended to me in rather an odd fashion. That right. You can do me a favor. If you'll turn round, you'll notice there's a young lady. What young lady? The one standing near the front window. There's nobody there near the window. What? Oh. Well, she's gone. All right. What is this? Well, believe me, there was a young lady there a moment ago. And frankly, it's a great relief that she has gone. She had an automatic pointed at me. An automatic, huh? Like this? Yes, just like... Well, you two... All right, now walk out of this store ahead of me. And no tricks. What the juice am I supposed to be? Target for tonight?
Sit down. Over there on that chair. Would you mind telling me what all this is about? Sit down, I said. Now, go ahead. Give me the story. I told you everything. Believe me, I was standing under the store canopy when the young lady came along and... I said I wanted it straight. You're making a mistake. Nothing I can tell you. This going over you're attempting won't do any good. Oh, no? And if you permit me to show you my identification... Get your hand out of that pocket. I said put your hand down. Now, stand up. Turn around. Face the wall. I'm giving you one more chance. If you don't open up now, I'm getting it out of you the hard way. When I'm through, maybe you won't do any talking, ever. I told you, I haven't the faintest idea what you want from me. Okay, then maybe this will give you the idea. Tearing pain in the back of my neck. A low, dull buzzing sound danced in my ears. I went spinning downward in a thousand black circles, down and down and down. And then I hit something soft and bouncy, and I started up through the black wall of circles. The strange buzzing in my ears dissolved into a more familiar sound. My eyes slowly opened. I was in an auto. Oh, feeling better, bud? Oh, well, alive, anyway. Where, uh, where are we, driver? Central Park. Some of that stuff they pass out for whiskey can be awful rugged, can it? But how did I, how did I get in this cab? Funny of yours, I guess. He handed me a couple of bucks and told me to take you two stools for an airing. Two? Yeah, you and your chum back <laughs> I looked at the seat beside me. There was someone slumped in the corner against the armrest. I pulled back the hat from his face. It was a fellow who'd roughed me up in that room. How's your pal doing back there? My pal wasn't doing so well. My pal was dead. Still out, huh? Quite. And uh, maybe you want to take him someplace and sober him up, huh? 643 West 69th Street, driver. I'm taking him home with me. Yes? Oh, Rex, it's you. What happened? I've been waiting for you for over two hours. What have you been? Oh, believe it or not, Alec, I was delayed by a kiss. Hmm... A likely story. Look at you. Why, you look... And I got off lucky. Look at him. Huh? Well, this gentleman stretched out on the floor here. Oh. Well, who's he? I don't know. There wasn't any identification on his clothes. Where'd he come from? I thought it'd be wise to bring him home with me. From the looks of things, it might have appeared as if I'd done it. Done what? Murdered him. He, uh... He's dead? Very dead. Oh, dear. Here. Help me bring him inside. But I, I... Come along, Alec, before someone walks into this corridor. Ready? Uh-huh. But hardly willing. Well, let's go. Finding corpses is bad enough, but bringing one home as a guest. It'll only be a brief stay, I promise you. We'll take him into the living room. All right, here. Put him down on the sofa. So what do we do now? Well, first, I'm going to check on his identity. 
I want you to take a set of his fingerprints. Then I'll have Inspector Hogan make a check for me. You're going to tell Hogan that you have a corpse here? Not until I get a report on his prints. Then... Uh... The young lady. What young lady? The one who's waiting to see you. She said it was very important. I had to wait in the library. Maybe she overheard us bring him in here. What did you want to see me about? She was very indefinite, but persistent. She merely mentioned a book she said you'd be interested in. The uh, title was... Uh, the Lonely Trail. That's it. The young lady, is she blonde, about 26, very attractive? Oh, very. And she's in the library now? Yes. Well, show her in. Show her in. Here? Certainly. Why? But, but that corpse. You're going to let her see it? That is my intention. All right. Alec opened the door. Uh, this way, Miss. Mr. Saunders is in here. Presently, I saw her standing there in the doorway, the young lady of the bookshop. I knew it would be she, and yet somehow her presence was a minor shock to me. company anywhere. Yes, anywhere, anytime. There's fun at your fingertips with an RCA Victor portable radio. At home or away from home, on your bedside table or at the beach. It's great to own this pick of the portables, an RCA Victor. You'll enjoy that extra range. You'll rave about the tone, thanks to RCA Victor's exclusive golden throat tone system. Yet your RCA Victor Portable boasts a compactness and lightness you never dreamed possible. Most important of all, you get the strongest reception ever achieved on battery operation because RCA's radio batteries are radio-engineered for top performance and extra listening hours. Yes, on every count, an RCA Victor Portable radio is great company anywhere. Take your pick of the many beautifully styled models at your RCA Victor dealers. Remember to insist on RCA Victor. The young lady of the bookshop was there in the doorway looking at me. I stood before the sofa blocking the corpse from her view and waited in silence. Miss Saunders, I, I had to see you. You ran out on me rather unexpectedly. I had to explain to you why I did what I did. Well, I suppose you begin by telling me your name. Gene Altman. And the man who was following you? I told you the truth about him. I didn't know who he was. He'd been following me wherever I went. I, I had to get that book out of the store without his seeing me. I was afraid. That's why I wanted you to get it for me. And I suppose when you saw the man talk to me in the rear of the shop, you were again afraid and ran out. Yes, yes, that's right. And what makes that book so important? I'm being blackmailed. Oh, it's been a nightmare. My husband, Paul Altman, is overseas in Belgium. He's been away for a long time. I... I became friendly with another gentleman. It was perfectly innocent. A photograph was sent to me in the mail one day. It was taken while Alan and I were dancing. My husband is very jealous. Mm -hmm. And your husband might take that photograph in the wrong light. Yes. I received another letter this morning. It said that I should go to that bookstore. In a copy of The Lonely Trail, I'd find another print of that picture and directions where I could go to buy the negative. I 
see. Uh, Mrs. Altman, will you come this way, please? I, I want to show you something. That, uh, that body on the sofa there. Well... Do you recognize him? Oh, yes. He was the man who was following me. I'll get it, Alec. You stay here with Mrs. Altman. All right. Yes? Rex Saunders? Yes. I'd like to look through your apartment. My apartment? Why? I'm looking for a girl. I see. What makes you think the girl that you're looking for is inside? She was tracked to this building. My men are checking the other apartments. My name is Wilson. Here are my papers. Treasury agent. That's right. Now, do I get a look inside? Come in. Do you mind telling me why the Treasury Department is interested in the young lady you're looking for? We're out to break up a counterfeiting ring. And it looks like she's tied up in it. I see. Well, there's a Mrs. Altman inside. Altman? Hmm? What does she look like? Well, you'll see in a moment. This way, please. Look out! <laughs> Alex, what the deuce is the matter with you? Be careful. She's your suit. Why are you holding your hands up in the air? Well, that Altman woman, can't you see? She has a gun in my back. What is this? Now, put your hands down, Alex. She's gone. Oh, what? Well, that dame plays her trick smart. She must have gone out through the rear entrance. Which way, Saunders? Through the door and then turn left. She won't get far this time. Let me know if you catch her, will you, Wilson? Right. It'll be a pleasure. Well, I'm sorry. I, I never expected that she'd just... Quite all right, Alec. As Mr. Wilson says, she plays her tricks smart. Uh, who was he, that Mr. Wilson? The Treasury Department appears to have an interest in Gene Orphan, too. He's one of their agents. Now, tell me, what happened here? Well, the moment you left the room, she whipped out a gun. She made me go through the corpse's pockets. And there was a book. She took the book and then made me face the door. And she stood behind me and said if I'd budge, she'd shoot. Well, that was what she was after, the book. Yes, and she got it. Well, she got a book, but not the one she was after. But I handed it to her. Now, that was a duplicate copy. Huh? On the way home, I stopped to pick up an extra copy of The Lonely Trail. The one Mrs. Altman seems to prize so much is right here in my pocket. Rex, who do you suppose committed the murder? It couldn't have been Mrs. Altman. Well, based on what you told me the time she arrived at our apartment, she couldn't have been she... At 7.30, I was in the room getting the once over not too lightly. Well, then who could have done it and why? I don't know. Perhaps after Inspector Hogan's report on the fingerprints come in, we'll have something to work on. In the meantime, we'll keep pursuing the book angle. That book. A lot of good that's done us. The shop's in the middle of the next block. Not a trace of anything in it. Just ordinary pages with ordinary print. We went through it. Every word. And nothing. <laughs> Very dull reading, what? <laughs> That's the store just ahead. You wait here. Oh, no, sir. I'm going with you. That bookshop plunged you into enough trouble tonight. If you insist, come on. Good evening. May I help you? I was in here earlier with a young lady. I don't recall. Yes, it was during the storm. Is there something special you want? Yes, information about a book. Rare edition. The Lonely Trail. I'm interested in finding out the last borrower. A man was murdered this evening, and I believe that the murder is tied up with your copy of The Lonely Trail. This way, please. The files are over in my desk. Yes, here it is. The Lonely Trail. It was borrowed last by a Mr. John Diamond. 
You know, I'll have a look at that card, if you don't mind. Very well. Take this down, Alec. Go ahead. John Diamond, 331 Elm Street, apartment 4B. 331 Elm Street, apartment 4B. I got it. Anything else, gentlemen? Now, that's all for now. Come along, Alec. Okay. This is Evans, who's here. I gave him Diamond's address. Yes, don't worry. I'll clear out of here fast. Just take care of things at your end before he gets there. Well, there's the house, 331. Yes, come on, hurry. We can make our way through this crowd. I wonder what happened here. Hey! Oh, I'm sorry, we're trying to get through this crowd. Hey, you're the guy who was in my cab before. Uh, the police say no one gets through the line. What's wrong? Plenty. A man just jumped out of that four-story window up there. They're taking him down to the morgue now. Fourth floor? Well, that, that house 331? Yeah. The man that jumped, you know his name? Yeah, sure. I asked the cops. Diamond. His name was John Diamond. <laughs> Nothing in the dresser. Every drawer is empty. Come in here, Alec. Hey, did you find something? Here, look at these. Well, what are they? Photographic development trays. Here's a bottle of print-fixing solution. And this is a bottle of developer. I found them under the table. Whoever cleaned this place out overlooked these bottles. That was a stroke of luck for us. What do you mean? Diamond used this part of his apartment for a dark room. Well, then Mrs. Altman may have been telling us the truth about that blackmail negative. Perhaps part of the truth. Anyway, I'm sure now that Diamond was murdered because he, too, was connected with the Lonely Trail. But they said he jumped out of the window. No, he didn't jump. He was pushed. Look here. This window he went through was locked. Yes. He was pushed through the glass pane. Evident to someone wanted to prevent him from talking to us. That bookshopkeeper. No, he couldn't have gotten here in time. But there's no doubt that he notified the murderer. Pull down the shade. Huh? Pull down the shade. Oh. They're going in for some amateur photography. So now what? Some developer fluid in this pan. And uh, now some fixing fluid in this other pan. Now, snap off the light. Hmm. Well, what are you doing? Something I stupidly overlooked. I'm tearing off the paper on the inside of the back cover of the Lonely Trail. What do you expect to find? I found it. What? A piece of photographic paper, I think. Well, let's turn on the lights and see what's on it. No, stay away from the light switch. Really, this is getting to be quite a mystery. Now, just hold on. In a few seconds, you can turn on the light. All right, Alec, the light. There it is. Oh. What does it mean? There's a code printed on this sheet. A code to the book, The Lonely Trail. Get out your pencil. The code messages is given by page and letter number. You ready? Ready. Page two, fourth word, second letter, A. Page nine, tenth word, first letter, L. Page sixteen, fifth word.
That's all. Meet you back. Altman arrives in New York on freighter SS Granton, night November 24th. Get to him before his wife. They plan a switch. At Granton, tomorrow night. I don't get it. What kind of a switch do you suppose it refers to? I'm not sure. But they're going to be down on the dock when the Granton ties up tomorrow night, and you can look forward to seeing some familiar faces. Goodbye. Well, Inspector Hogan gave me the report on those fingerprints. Was the information helpful? Abundantly. Now, what about Mrs. Altman? She hasn't moved. You can see she's still standing out there on the pier. Mm-hmm. Look, there's a man joining her. That would be Mr. Altman. Now what's our move? We're going to welcome Mr. Altman back to these shores. Except they're coming right by us. Good evening. Why, you... Jean, who is this? Don't try anything either of you. You're covered. What? What is this supposed to be? Jean, who are these men? Now, now, don't worry, Paul. I can explain everything. That's a familiar tune you're playing, Mrs. Orphan. I'm becoming rather bored with it, so if you don't mind, I'd I like... I see you got them, Saunders. You beat us to it. Good work. Thanks, Wilson. That's about cleans up the counterfeit ring. Did they talk? Not yet. Well, don't you worry. They will. They'll talk plenty. And Uncle Sam's got a lot of questions to ask them, so if you don't mind, I'll take them off your hands. Not at all. But Mr. Saunders made the capture. Well, the Treasury Department has prime jurisdiction, Alec. They're all yours, Wilson. Like I said, Saunders, nice work. And thanks. All right, you two, get in the car. Okay, Joe, let's go. (laughs) Nice going, Matthews. You almost had me believing that Treasury Act of yours. (laughs) Mr. Wilson, the tea man. How did you ever think it up? Shut up. Hey, what is the matter with you? I said shut up. What is the matter with him, Jean? They're on to us, Paul. They're wise. Huh? That's right, wise. You two are going to skip out on us with those rocks. And I saved you from that copper for a reason, Altman. I saved you so I could handle you my way. Back to the climax of our story in a moment. Here's an album that belongs in your record library. The magnificent new RCA Victor Red Seal album of Mario Lanza, singing eight of the arias included in his new MGM film hit, The Great Caruso. Now the full, rich voice of America's most sensational singing discovery is captured in all its beauty on RCA Victor Red Seal record. It is this voice that has moved motion picture audiences to clap and cheer as if the film were a live performance. And you will feel that same excitement when you listen to Mario Lanza's RCA Victor recording of The Great Caruso, yours to enjoy not just once, but over and over again through the years. It's available now at your RCA Victor dealers in all three record speeds, 78, long play, and 45. Stop in tomorrow and get your copy of the RCA Victor Red Seal album featuring Mario Lanza in selections from The Great Caruso. All right, Altman, where are the stones? I I told you I do not have them with me. You're a liar. You're a lousy liar. Now, where are they? Believe me, I... No use, Paul. Tell him. Maybe he'll give us a break. What is the matter with you? You you crazy. the heel of his shoe. Take that shoe off, Altman. I I, 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 Never mind. 
You wanted those stones for yourself? Okay, you're going to have them for a while. You can die with them on. Now stand back, both of you. Stand back, Thorpe. Drop that gun. Saunders. I said drop it. Get to Derek. With pleasure. He was going to kill us. He was going to kill us. I heard everything outside, everything I wanted to hear. Sorry to break up your party, Matthews. How did you know? How did you get here? To be quite frank, Matthews, I rather expected you to show up at the dock tonight with your Treasury Agent Act. There was only one thing to spoil it for you. A matter of fingerprints. A check through the FBI showed that the fingerprints of the unidentified corpse in my apartment were those of Ed Wilson, a real Treasury agent working undercover on a diamond smuggling syndicate. Wilson gave me some rough treatment in his room. Now I understand why. He was up against a rough mob, and he thought I was one of them. After I was knocked out, you killed Wilson, Matthews, just like you killed John Diamond. I got nothing to say. You've got to prove that. That won't be hard. And, oh, yes, to get back to the book, The Lonely Trail, for a moment. There's a trail awaiting all of you. And it's a lonely, dreary trail, because each of you is going to walk it alone. Harrison will return in a moment to tell you about next week's adventure. In the meantime, remember whether you're buying a television set, a radio, a Victrola phonograph, or records, put your faith in the cornerstone of American home entertainment for three generations. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. <laughs> And now, here is Rex Harrison to tell you about next week's adventure from the private files of Rex Saunders. Next week, it's concerning art. Concerning art. The value of a portrait does not always depend upon the artist. There's the model to be considered. Especially when the model turns out to be a shocking still life. RCA Victor and its dealers have brought you The Private Files of Rex Saunders, written by Ed Adamson. In the cast were Leon Janney as Alec and Arlene Blackburn as Jean. The entire transcribed production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Kenneth Banghart speaking for RCA Victor. Hi, this is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site. We stream live OTR Westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, along with putting out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show.
Welcome back. Well, a good uh, mystery, a lot of twists and turns. I mentioned Hyman Brown uh, worked on this, and it, he also worked on Barry Craig. And this episode reminded me of uh, an episode of uh, Barry Craig with a similar plot line. The series has also been compared to the Bulldog, Bulldog Drummond radio series. Though I don't enjoy Bulldog Drummond as much as uh, Rex Saunders. I think Harrison does uh, put on a good performance, and we'll get to uh, enjoy him for the rest of the year. All right, well, a quick uh, listener comment from Michael, who offers his feedback on the uh, new microphone that I purchased in Kalispell. He says that uh, that microphone, uh, which is actually this one uh, you're using for today's episode, is far superior to the mic you've been using at your studio in Boise. Uh, There's a tinny quality to the older Boise mic. Uh, Thanks so much for the feedback, and I've noticed it does sound better on the when I listen to the recordings than the uh, one that I have been using. I've been thinking about actually replacing it for a while, but uh, necessity took care of it in Gallispell. So I'll listen for other feedback, but I think unless I uh, run into some problems, I'll be using the Samson for some time to come. All right, well, that will do it for today. If you have a comment, send it to me, Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.